Money FM 89.3, the best of your money. Read with your money, only on Money FM 89.3. You're reading with me, Michelle Martin. Welcome. So who will walk away with the wins at the Singapore Literature Prize Award Ceremony that's going to be happening later this month? The Singapore Literature Prize is back and this year it celebrates its 30th year of existence with the theme Resonance. The top prize will carry a purse. We'll find out what's in the purse, the monetary award in just a while. It'll also come with a commission trophy. More than half of the writers shortlisted are first-timers, isn't that great. A total of 49 works have been shortlisted for Singapore's top literary award and they'll be contested in 12 categories across three genres of poetry, fiction, creative non-fiction and across the four languages Chinese, English, Malay and Tamil. As part of its three decades celebration, the Singapore Literature Prize is also hosting a return of its reader's favourite in which you can vote online for your favourite shortlisted book in each of the four categories. The winner of that award walks away with a thousand Singapore dollars, and those who vote in this category also have a chance to win book vouchers. Voting ends today, I understand, at 11:59 p.m. So you still have some time. That's 15th of August, 11:59 p.m. Confessional poets debut young award fiction writers, debut young fiction writers, I should say, well-known names in the field. They're all going to be vying for the awards, and the biennial Singapore Literature Prize is meant to recognize outside standing fiction poetry creative non-fiction by singaporeans and prs william puan is executive director of the singapore book council welcome william good morning michelle thanks so much for having me oh you must be working really hard since the award ceremony is happening august that's this month in 10 days <laughs> that's next week and we're so excited about it and we're so excited that you will be the mc of the award ceremony oh thank you i can't wait to be there and i can't wait to uh be part of this the celebrations tell me is this the longest running literary prize in singapore yes it is it is singapore's top literary prize and the award has been running for 30 years it was set up in 1992 and has gone through so many changes it is one of the very few multilingual literary prizes in the world. Hmm. Um, like what you mentioned, across four languages in the three genres of poetry, fiction, and creative nonfiction. But first, when it was, uh, we started the award, it was only for English unpublished manuscript. So it's definitely gone through a lot and expanded and grown a lot over the decades. Oh, just fantastic. Now, there was a year when the prize money was cut. You know, I'm with Money FM, so I have to ask the money question. <laughs> <laughs> What's in the purse this year? What can uh, winners expect? Yes, unfortunately, because of COVID, the prize money was cut. But this year, the winners still get to go with a cash prize of $3,000 oh. and also a specially handcrafted, hand-sculpted trophy. So it's not just the prize money and, and the trophy, but really the recognition as one of the best writers in Singapore by judges overseas in Singapore. Oh, wonderful. Oh, some of the judges are overseas. Are these Singaporeans living overseas? No, in fact, it's a mix of both local and overseas judges. So all the chief judges in the 12 award categories are all Singaporean, and the rest of them are foreign judges. So we have 35 judges this year. So it's really a mix of both 
foreign and, and local judges that give the recognition and also to give the, the affirmation to the best words in, in Singapore. This is fantastic because I guess uh, foreign judges also, you know, give a sense of how the book could do in international markets. Uh, have you always had foreign judges on the panel for the Singapore Literature Prize? Yes, we feel that it's always important to have the foreign perspectives to, mm-hmm. to know where our writers and their works stand in, in the world. So in fact, all these foreign judges, are, it's not only a way to get them to know about Singapore words, but also to get them to champion and advocate for Singapore words and Singapore writers all over the world. So it's really a, a way to just not get recognition in Singapore, but overseas as well. Now tell me, all the writers nominated, we know are winners already, just for getting on this short list, uh, given the number of entries I'm sure you must have had come your way. Can you give us a sense of the field, uh, the number of entries from which the nominees were picked? Have they gone up or gone down? Do they give you a sense of COVID's impact on the industry? Yes, in fact, um, COVID did have an impact on the number of submissions. So this year we got almost uh, 200 submissions which is a slight drop from the last edition in 2020, where we had over 200 submissions. So it was a slight drop and due to COVID, but we were really heartened to see the range of works that were submitted. As you mentioned, there are 28 writers or shortlisted for the first time. So to us, that really is an indication of the growth as well as how dedicated and and committed our writers are still to producing uh, good works. So, um, I understand one of the writers has made history this year with three nominations. Clara Chow, what can you tell us about um, what she's achieved this year with the nominations? Yes, Clara Chow. So, I think the pressure is on her (laughs) since she's nominated in three separate categories across two languages. So, she's nominated in English fiction and creative nonfiction, as well as in Chinese poetry. I think that's really a reflection of how bilingual and also how flexible and effective our writers are, mm. you know, tackling different genres and different languages and trying different things. Yeah. So, so that's really um, a way that we see how innovative they are in spite of, you know, the, the small market in, in Singapore, but also that they're trying different things and exploring new topics and new languages. So that's really encouraging to see. Can you give our listeners a sense of um, who else is going to be at the award ceremony in terms of the range of authors involved and the type of works perhaps that uh, we can expect at the ceremony? What are some highlights, William? Right. So um, this year we, we have 49 What's nominated and 43 writers shortlisted. So it's a, it's a range of new emerging writers as well as established writers. So across the four languages, you see a whole diverse range of topics that have um, tackled. Many of them deal with different aspects of and experiences of the human experience. Mm. Like, for example, in the English category, some of the works deal with love and desire deal with identity. Mm-hmm. And in fact, uh, one of the highlights this is that two writers, um, they are nonagenarians uh, in the early 90s, um, both uh, Prof Wong Kang Wu and Sheku Suratman Makasan. So they're really in the early 90s and they're nominated. So that is really um, a great encouragement to all writers, aspiring and emerging established writers, that they should continue to write in the 90s. 
And I'm all about inclusion, you know, getting as many perspectives as I can on my shows and also when it comes to getting writers on air and speaking with them. How can readers who are listening be part of the awards this year, William? Well, there are two things that we're very, very excited about. So everyone is invited to the award ceremony. It's open to the public. So they just have to go to our website, bookcouncil.sg, to RSVP, bring their friends, bring their family, and attend the ceremony and celebrate the best of Singapore literature with the whole community. So they're most welcome to attend. And the second one is they are also invited to vote for the reader's favourite for their favourite books in English, Chinese, Malay and Tamil. And they stand to win attractive book vouchers. So they have until the end of the day, 11.59, to vote and get to see the writers in the flash at the award ceremony next week. Oh, just fabulous. So what are you wearing? I know the dress code is literary flair. <laughs> what have you got planned, William? <laughs> I know. That's a, that's a question that I've been asked most. Literary flourish, literary flair. Oh, yeah. People have been asking, what does that mean? Mm. Well, <laughs> so I guess I'll like have to, to wait. Say, huh? Yeah, go ahead. Yes, I'd like to say up to everyone's interpretation, what they feel like, what's flourishing in the literary art scene in books, what does that mean to them? And come dress in that. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. It's a little dash of fun as well to such a distinguished event. Hey, it's been great speaking with you, William, and I'll see you on the 20th. Thank you so much. See you all and all your readers and listeners. See you on the 25th at Victoria Theatre. Coming up, we continue our special look at the Singapore Literature Prize. Stay with me here on Read. Read with your money. Only on Money FM 89.3. Welcome back to Read with me, Michelle Martin, with a special look ahead at the upcoming Singapore Literature Prize. Literary voices who are breaking through in the field and pioneers are going to be part of the celebration. This year, the Singapore Book Council Achievement Award will be given to a literary pioneer. He is Emeritus Professor at NUS Faculty of Arts and Social Sciences and you know, very well known for a number of his works, his poem, Ulysses by the Merlion, but you may also recognize his other titles, Gods Can Die and The Flowering Tree. Let's see if you can recognize his voice. Good morning and congratulations on your latest accolade. Thank you very much. Thank you. I feel honored really by this prize. I hope our listeners recognize the voice there, Professor Edwin Tambu. I've always wanted to ask you, how do you feel about being termed Singapore's unofficial poet laureate? Uh, that's been such a long time that, that you get used to it. <laughs> and it doesn't move you anymore. <laughs> All right, you are 89, Professor, and you've touched many lives with your work. In fact, I understand a book about you has been shortlisted for the awards this year as well. Uh, the Votive Pen by Nilanjana Sengupta. I wonder, what about yourself do you reveal in that book that you haven't in previous interviews? Uh, actually, uh, I spent quite a bit of time talking to Nilanjana, and I, I answered all the questions he had for me. And uh, it, it was a kind of mutual edu- education of each other. Really. <laughs> <laughs> now, this special award you'll be receiving on the 25th of August is meant to recognize your significant contributions to Singapore literature. What do you hope we, the reader, gets to feel or think about Singapore through the lens of your work? Well, I, I uh, wrote for about 70 years. I stopped writing now. Uh, and uh, William has been very, very helpful. And 
they are just honoring somebody who's made a contribution over the years, and uh, there will be others because uh, I belong to the first generation ready yes. of writers, and we started writing when we had no tradition. Mm. Yeah, the you... tradition was a British tradition. You were the first recipient of the Cultural Medallion for Literature back in 1979. So when you say you stopped writing, when did that happen and why? The words didn't come. The words were very ordinary words. My vocabulary shrank, as it were. And uh, then I knew I had to stop. And when did this happen? uh, About uh, 15 to 18 months ago. You know, it's, it's it's a... a slow but quick process. Your words disappear. Is that so? Your, yes. And, yes, and I, you're rolling with it. You're okay with it. You're growing old and uh, you accept whatever honors, whatever is given to you. Uh, and uh, you know you're finished as a writer and you can only think of putting together the remainder of your work. And you do that slowly. Uh, I, I am at the moment uh, doing a book uh, with some friends, uh, very dear friends, uh, Hong Ho Fan. Mm-hmm. And we are writing about the countries in Malaya and Malaysia. We are looking at what it was like. All right. Now, what would you say your time working in Singapore's civil service, which was a long time ago before you started teaching. But what did your time working in Singapore's civil service reveal to you about human nature? I had to re-educate myself because what we studied at the university was a colonial education. In history, for instance, we studied Portuguese history and then British colonial history through the East India Company. And then we studied the Dutch, and after that, the French, and so on. And the last bit of colonial history was the history of Southeast Asia under the Japanese. But that was very, very short, because what we were given was European colonial history of Asia. And we were not taught about China, about India, about Western Asia. I had to spend 10 years of my life reading the history of these regions. Not British books. I used American books because they gave another point of view. Interesting. So is that part of the reason why you've decided uh, your next book is going to be about history? You're writing it with some friends here in Singapore. Is that right? Correct. And it's, it's going to cover the Malayan... A particular period of our history? Yes, I'm looking at the past. When I first visited almost all the states in Malaysia and what it is now. I made many visits to all the Malaysian states. The last one I visited very, very carefully was Perlis and Kedah to complete my knowledge of the country. Uh, While I knew a a great deal compared to what others knew, what I could have known about these places is much more than I knew. But at my age, it is impossible to spend time educating myself into their history 
into the realities, into what they are today. So we are moving very slowly, and I hope uh, I'll be able to complete it, you know, uh, over the next one or two years. Oh, we look forward to that, uh, Professor Tambu. I have to ask you about a piece of news that had shocked readers over the weekend uh, when acclaimed author Salman Rushdie was, was stabbed while he was walking on stage at upstate New York just before he was about to deliver a lecture on artistic freedom. And, you know, just recently Rushdie said he was learning to live uh, with the bounty that had been placed on his head 33 years ago since his novel was published back in 1988. Rushdie is able to talk apparently joking, although he has sustained serious injuries to his eye, likely to lose an eye. Now, what do you think this episode says about expression and the arts around the world? It's very sad that a writer of Rushdie's reputation and achievement is treated this way. And this is one of the things that has happened to literature. It is no longer allowed to be by itself, of itself, Mm. with itself. It interferes with other things in other cultures, and it becomes very difficult for the writer. He should be allowed to be free, to be open, to move around, to be himself, to go where he likes, to speak in the way that he wants to. Argue with him by all means, disagree with him by all means, agree with him by all means, but he should be allowed to be himself. That is the point. We are not allowed to be ourselves in circumstances at the moment. And before we let you go, Professor Tambu, what sort of advice do you have for creators of all sorts, even the the novice writer dying to break through? Write. Speak. (laughs) Do what you want to do. And argue. Agree. Disagree. Because we have to remember in the humanities, where we have literature, where we have history, where we have geography, we have economics and so on. We have very few facts. Mm. We have a lot of opinion. And in the arts and social sciences, we have nothing but opinion. The facts are there, yes. But it is opinion that counts. And that's what matters, really. Thank you so much for this interview. And I look forward to seeing you on the 25th of this month. Thank you very much. Thank you. Congratulations again. That's Professor Edwin Tambu, winner of this year's SPC Achievement Award. The award ceremony for the Singapore Literature Prize will be held on the 25th of August, 8pm at Victoria Theatre. And you are invited, dear listener. Go to the Singapore Book Council website, their bookcouncil.sg, RSVP today, and I will see you at the Singapore Literature Prize. I'm Michelle Martin. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download the SPH Radio app available on Google Play or the App Store.